0: Welcome to Nostalgia Marcano. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we will look back on the pop cultural ephemera that remains in our cultural zeitgeist today and try to understand why we remain enchanted all these years later. This week, we will be revisiting. Hey, where do
1: you think you're going?
0: Only one word uh, for kicking off this podcast, and that is cowabunga, because we're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, specifically the 1990 live action Ninja Turtles film. Uh, but I won't be doing it alone. We have a guest today, uh, is my buddy Rich Baker. He is a comedian, uh, he is a teacher, uh, he's part of the West Side Comedy Theater and performs with Mission Improvable over there. So, uh, everybody, uh, welcome to the show, Rich Baker.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I, I, it was fun to revisit this, for sure. It's been a long time since I went back uh, to, to any Turtles-related stuff, but this was your pick, so tell me uh, tell me why you wanted to do this particular Turtles media.
2: You know, the Turtles, everyone who grew up uh, at a certain time was a fan of the Turtles in some way, but I was an uber fan, you know, I... Very much uh, had as many toys as my parents would possibly buy for me. I had the comic books. I watched the cartoons religiously. I had them all recorded on VHS tapes and would rewatch them and all that kind of stuff. And this movie, uh, you know, there was a lot of kids movies that I liked as a kid, but it's one of the only movies that I loved as a kid and have never stopped actively enjoying to this
0: day. Do you have a, a turtle that is your turtle?
2: Yeah, yeah, my favorite turtle depends on which universe you're in. So like if you're in the standard 1987 cartoon universe, it was Michelangelo, he was the most fun. But from this movie, uh Raphael was 100% my guy.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard not to root for Raph uh, in this movie. I mean, he is the the focal point for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think my guy my guy was always not in this movie but uh was Donatello. Yeah. Uh partly because, you know, he's a big nerd uh, and uh you know, he does machines. Sure. But um you know, I had a lot of love for the Turtles because of video games mm. and there were plenty of Turtles games. And in the Turtles video games, Donatello always had the reach. He had the staff. So like poor Raph has like a couple of forks and he's just <laughs> not. He was always like, yeah, you can punch a guy with a fork if he happens to get three pixels away from you. <laughs> uh, But because Donnie had the reach, I was like, yeah, this is this is my guy. Like you can even in like the games where it probably didn't matter, I would still pick Donnie. So he was my guy. But yeah, in this movie, he's. Uh, a little underserved um do you remember how you first like came into contact with the turtles
2: i don't remember first contact um like like the story but the first the first medium that i had them in was comic books um i was
0: oh interesting so you started with the comics
2: yeah, which I know was uh, for people our age isn't, uh, you know, it mostly just the cartoon, but I was really starting it in comic books when I was really young. And because my brother's 14 years older than me, he uh, exposed me to a lot of pop culture that was a little bit above my pay grade at that time uh, music, movies, and including comic books. And uh, so I, I read one of these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books and I was like, I love this.
0: <laughs> now, uh, first of all, older brothers I don't have one I am the older brother Mm -hmm. but I had plenty of friends with older brothers and they are an important gateway as you said to all sorts of pop culture Uh, they'll always sneak you the thing you're you're not supposed to see um but I uh that's really interesting so when you read the turtles comics had you read any daredevil stuff uh,
2: probably. Yeah. I think I, I'd read a lot of Marvel at that point. Uh, X-Men, Daredevil, Spider-Man, uh, you know, all, all, the big titles. Uh, and, and I really was, I think I was also just starting to get into DC about the time that I know I got with the turtles. So I was, I was really starting to well round out my comic book education.
0: Now, I, I didn't learn this until much later in life that the turtles were sort of spoofing Daredevil. Uh, It took me a long time to find out, oh, see, they're called the Foot Clan because Daredevil goes up against the hand, and his master is stick, therefore we get splinter, and, uh, you know, kind of the list goes on of, of, like, Daredevil connections to the point where the accident that gave Matt Murdock his Daredevil powers, he gets hit with the ooze in the face, it blinds him, and that canister of ooze is what rolls down into the sewer to give the turtles their powers, which... I really loved that bit of synergy when I learned it, um, because when I was a kid, I just had the cartoon. I had no idea that they, the turtles were this darker thing, this edgier thing, and that they were trying to, you know, be a commentary on anything else. I just thought, oh, cool, ninjas. <laughs> you
2: know, I I knew at one point... Uh, that they were uh, that they were spoofing uh, Daredevil, but it was something I learned I think maybe ten years ago randomly, and then just totally forgot. So until you said that, I yeah I'd, I didn't certainly didn't make the connection in my uh, single digit years.
0: <laughs> no, I you know Daredevil was just he's a he's a cool character, but he's definitely more of a you know a second stringer. Yeah, uh, in the comics universe. So uh, I didn't I don't think I probably had heard of Daredevil until the Ben Affleck movie came along. Oh wow! Um, okay. so, you know, just was not. I was not as keyed into comics. I was very keyed into comic adaptations of things. So mm. you know, big on you know, didn't read a whole lot of Batman comics, but I watched a whole lot of Batman movies and and the cartoon. Uh, yeah. Same for X Men. You know. Um. So I knew these comics were out there, but it wasn't something I was reading regularly. The only comic I actually read with any regularity was like I think I went out and bought the first like ten issues of Spawn when it came out, and I don't oh, know God. why. What compelled me. It was when it was brand new.
2: Absolutely. And I was like,
0: oh, this is a brand new comic. Somehow I knew it was a hit. And I went and got these 10 issues and never cared about it after that.
2: There was something about Todd McFarlane. Uh, his spawn came out right at the right time to where people who weren't into comic books really got into that particular title. Like I loved all of Image, Youngblood, Wildcats, uh, Pit, Shadowhawk. There were so many titles uh, from Image. And I, I once that came out, I, I became an Image uber fan. But uh yeah, that, uh, that Spawn, I mean, I mean, those compendiums, I reread a, the Spawn compendium was a couple of years ago.
0: I've heard the HBO show was decent. Oh, it's
2: worth it. If you haven't seen the uh, animated yeah. show from the 90s, it's fantastic.
0: Okay. Uh, well, bringing it back to the Turtles a little bit, um, so we're, we're specifically focusing on the movie today. Do you remember getting hyped for the movie before it arrived
2: oh 100 the first time i remember seeing a preview you know for the movie which was uh you know in the commercials of the cartoon i was like Burr. and i just remember like beelining it to my mom and being like there's a movie coming out there's a movie coming
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just like it definitely felt like i mean it's at the tail end of the 80s right this movie comes out in 1990 so our whole childhoods in the 80s was like here's a toy here's a cartoon based on the toy yeah, or vice versa, go buy it. Like, everything was just, like, geared towards, like, you are going to buy toys of this shit. And, like, so by the time you get to the Turtles in the late 80s, it's like, oh, no, we're pros at this. We are going to get you to love this thing and buy every bit of merchandise you can. So when it was, like, it was obviously a no-brainer to make a movie out of it. But I do remember, I'm trying to remember when I first became aware of the movie. I don't know if it was a poster or there was, like, maybe the trailer was either in front of Tim Burton's Batman or it was on like the VHS that you rented. Mm. You know, it was like, "Oh, coming soon to the theaters." And there was, was something in there. But I remember just thinking like, "Oh, man, they 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 made this just for me. Here it is."
2: Yes. Absolutely. Now, um, the yeah, and I didn't even find out till uh, just like a couple of years ago that all those properties that we loved other than the turtles, those toy lines were the first thing they came up with and then the stories and all that stuff that came up afterward like He-Man and Transformers and all that stuff. That was nuts.
0: Yeah, I I didn't realize it until I went back and did a little research for this. So what happened the, the sequence was that the Eastman and Laird come out with their Ninja Turtle comics and mm-hmm. I think starting in 83 or 84, 84 yeah, which let 84, which led to a line of toys, which is what led to the animated series in 87. Yep. And then to this movie in 1990. So I I would have assumed that, you know, because what I remember of the toys were toys based on the cartoon. Yes. I I didn't remember having specific memories of toys based purely on the comics.
2: They didn't make them for a long time. I mean, I don't think they made toys based on the original comics until like 2000s. Now, the the first toys that came out, as far as I know, were all about the, the cartoon show
0: well wikipedia says different but i'm no not shit, in a good really? position to, to yeah that's but again i'm not that's all i'm relying on is wikipedia so take that with a grain of salt no no, no I, um, I believe
2: you i just uh yeah. that, that blows my mind uh, yeah you taught a, me something.
0: exactly i had no memory of them but apparently they were big sellers uh, no kidding. which wow. is interesting because the comic turtles are much less distinctive they're you know they don't have the colored headbands they don't have yeah. those distinct personalities they just they, they're only differentiated by their weaponry as they are kind of in later iterations yeah um but it's it but like i didn't realize how much this film was drawing on the comics more so than the animated show yeah and so my my nostalgic memories of this are this is one of the first times i remember really having to reckon with an adaptation that was pretty different from its source material in a lot of ways i mean i think the spirit of the turtles is definitely in this movie absolutely but There's a lot of stuff from the cartoon that I'm like, you know, hey, where is all this stuff? Where's Bebop and Rocksteady? You know, where's where's all the Dimension X stuff and Krang like it's not in there. Um, And so as a kid, that was a little harder to wrap my head around. And at first it expressed itself as disappointment. But then it was like, but I also really like this movie. It's hard to be disappointed. I'm having a great time. But that was a little like cognitive dissonance I had to work out for this thing. No, I was
2: in the same boat because I remember, uh, you know, watching the previews and being like, "Where? Yeah, exactly. Where's Krang? Where's Bubba Proxetti? Like, you know, what? What? Where's all these things?" And I was kind of, I was afraid the movie wasn't be good. And then I remember watching the movie and being like, "Oh, this. Yeah, this is a different universe, but it's they 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 made something uniquely like an homage to both that was neither."
0: Yeah, I think if they had gone fully to the comics, you would have really disappointed. The, the kids audience you know the, if if there was like none of that like at least they're color coded they 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 have you know they love pizza you know there's there's a little bit of the the cartoon in there to make sure you don't feel like left behind
2: oh yeah but, yeah well and you know the movie was marketed towards kids and like kids should not like i was too young to be reading teenage natural comics <laughs> like they're not for kids
0: yeah they, it's it's just an interesting very stripped down version of of this property because it is missing so many of the fantastical sci-fi elements that would come to define it Uh, to the point where I was like hoping like, Oh, well this stuff is going to show up in, in like the sequel. And it sort of does, but still not really. Yeah. Even though they introduce what Toka and Rezar as like two more mutants, they're not Roxette and Bebop and they're, you know, they're sort of barely in it and they still never got to dimension X and Krang and all of this other stuff, which you maybe if the franchise had continued I I never actually watched that third one. I know it's bad.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, and the the second one, like, I defended it at the time because I just wanted to like everything that was TMNT. But the, the truth is, it's not a good movie. And, like, the token Razor, like, if you don't have Be and Rocksteady at all, it's like, okay, you made a choice. But if you give me, like, a watered-down version of them, like, then you're just slapping me in the face.
0: Plus, they're babies! barbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, we don't need to talk too much about uh, Secret of the Ooze. We can save that for a, another cast. Sure. Um, but I, there's there's a lot here to really like about this movie, and I you know, going back to it, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting take on a superhero film, and I hadn't really thought about kind of its place in in time. Yeah. Because th- this was you know a year after uh, Tim Burton's Batman. And that was such a like a sea change in terms of what a comic book movie could or should be that you you sort of have to look at this movie like as not as a response to it, but like certainly it has to be part of the context.
2: Yeah. So what's funny is the uh, both movies went into production within two months of each other, and they came out I think it's six or seven months apart. Uh, so like uh, there's uh, people for years used to think that Teenage Mutant Turtles was a response to Batman. It's like no, no, they they cooperated together because you know before them you had Howard the Duck, you had He Man Masters of the Universe, and you had uh, uh, what was the other um, Superman. And then the, the two through four Superman, and they were just garbage. And so Hollywood didn't want to touch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, even though it was the hottest kids' property in town.
0: I That was something I was surprised by, too, that the movie ended up being made by New Line, which was at the time an indie house that was mostly known for the Nightmare on Elm Street series and not yeah. much else. And it's like, I couldn't believe that because the cartoon, the, the franchise was, um, I mean, you could not do anything – Without seeing Ninja Turtles on, you know, here's here's Ninja Turtles lunch boxes. Here's Ninja Turtles, you know, uh, paper plates and napkins toothpaste. for parties. party. Yeah, here's everything. Everything they merchandise. I mean, they were. It's like I can't believe someone would have walked into like you know Universal or Warner Brothers and said, "Hi, would you like to use our money printing machine?" And they said, "No, we'll pass." Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: that's the thing. And like I, I, New I mean, Line was a big part of it, but the first uh, studio to get behind it was Golden Harvest, which had done Kung Fu movies and Cannonball Run. <laughs> And uh, they weren't even sold on it first, but the the person pitching it said, "Ask your kids what they think about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles," and like that's that's what finally sold them. But yeah, Hollywood was they had seen all these these comic book sci fi whatever movies uh, flop, and they were like, "Nah, not our thing."
0: Yeah, I mean, it took a long time for Hollywood to start figuring out how to do them. I mean, really, it isn't. I would think until maybe the Tobey Maguire Spider Man that they start getting a little more consistent in their quality. Yeah. And certainly once you finally get to, like, the Dark Knight and the MCU, then then they're kind of off and running. But, yeah, like, before that, it's like you got Superman 1 and 2, phenomenal movies. Batman, awesome. Ninja Turtles, pretty damn fun. And, like, fuck all for everything else. Like, there's not – it's a desert. I was trying to think the movies. next
2: movie after TMNT that come out that was any good, I think, was
0: Blade. And that's ninety
2: eight.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, much much later. I mean, otherwise in the nineties you get well, you get like the Phantom, Tank Girl, the Shadow, Judge Dredd. Yeah, Tank Girl has, ugh, wow. You wow, know, yeah, real real uh, just bottom of the barrel stuff. And so it it was cool to see this movie and go like, oh, they they did kind of crack the code. You know, they everything you need for a successful comic book movie is is really there in terms of the formula. Yeah, uh, and a large part of that is because they're borrowing the plot beats from the first arc of the comics. Yeah. So it was sort of already battle tested and, and worked out. Um, I really like the look in the environment of this movie. It's such a, like, this is so much the eighties, New York that I know. Um, Now I'm not from New York, but I have a long line of New Yorkers for, for family. Um, So I, I have a bit of a connection to the big apple, but like the punchline for every New York thing is, was what a hole it is, right? <laughs> at, that, at that time, it was like, yeah. you know, uh, yep, it's everything's gross. It's covered in garbage. It smells like urine. Uh, everyone there is such a freakish weirdo that, like, that's part of the turtles' cover. Is it basically no matter how weird they, no, no matter how weird the thing is that they do, people around them just kind of go, eh, they just shrug it off because, eh, what are you going to do? It's New York, people of freaks.
2: I uh, yeah, the, my favorite version of that in the movie is the when Raphael r- runs into the taxi cab, and the guy goes, "What the heck was that?" And he goes, uh, "Look like some of a big turtle in a trench coat." You going to LaGuardia, right? And the- <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> holy that unfinished. that joke, like that that exact joke has had been made so many times, by, that was the standard New York joke. Essentially, like <laughs> I feel like I uh, think of like Ghostbusters too. Like the Titanic shows up. And the reaction is like, eh, better late than never. You know, like yeah, it's the same idea. Um, I, 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 uh, interesting connection to this version of New York through this movie. I always like looking for weird connections to things. But when I was watching it, I was thinking about um, Joker, the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, because that version of Gotham is this version of New York. Yeah. And John, I think his name is Pius or Pace, who plays Raphael, is in that movie. Oh, nice. He actually, yeah. So in the movie, Joaquin Phoenix's boss, he he works as like a rent-a-clown. His boss is this character named Hoyt, I think is the character's name. That's him. That's Raphael. Oh, wow. So I love that. Little, little random connection there. Um, this movie also has like no stars in it, which is interesting too.
2: Yeah, and the only kind of star that's in it, most people don't even realize he's in it.
0: Which is Corey Feldman. Yes. And he's Donatello, who does probably the least of any of the four turtles in the movie. Yep. So, really strange that they were like, they, they, you had one named actor, and you and didn't use him. There is another actor, though, who would be a big name to anyone who knows voiceover stuff. And that is Splinter. Kevin Clash. Kevin Clash, who listeners would know best as Elmo for many, many, many years. Wow. He originated that character before he had some personal peccadillos and had to step away from the role Mm. um but yeah very obviously a very different sounding voice here but he's a jim henson guy which brings me to the next thing i wanted to mention to this movie is it's all jim henson puppets yes and it's so much better with jim henson puppets like everything is better with jim henson puppets but sure um like you you look at like kind of the way their faces are articulated the way their eyes move and stuff like it's it's very impressive, considering it's all done with practical effects.
2: Yeah. The original budget, when they pitched the original script, was $3 million. Um, it uh, it wound up going a lot over that, because $3 million was just the price for Jim Henson's, of uh, like, all his work.
0: His creature shop, or whatever you yeah. call it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean without that there is no movie and of course 100%. in you know 1980 and when they're making this in 1989 there is no CGI there's the only way you're going to see turtles on screen is by doing this yeah but it's so much better like i never saw the michael bay turtle movies i've seen oh. clips but yeah it's like it's you know gross. not only are they like terrible designs you know which is a, a problem unto itself they just look weird but like they don't they don't feel tactile you know, yeah. they don't feel like they're in the scenes. You know, I mean, sometimes CGI is done well and you can fool people and you have, you know, Gollum or whatever. But this is just, you know, it just looks like pixels.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, I'm old school like you. I'll take practical effects over CGI any day. Uh, and I think this movie really still looks better than so many movies that, have, that are coming out, you know, 35 years later or whatever.
0: Yeah, because this stuff is actually on screen. Yeah. So you have turtles, you know, kick and shell in a real environment against real opponents. It's not, you know, wire work and, you know, a guy with a bunch of ping pong balls in a suit yeah. and everyone else trying to pretend that the ping pong balls are Michelangelo.
2: Yeah. and
0: uh, Yeah, I th- huge, huge, huge boon for this movie that it was made that way. And it was his last film. Yeah yeah i don't think he lived to see it released i think he died before it came out which is a real shame um but i mean his work is the the puppeteering here i mean you you can tell it's jim henton like i feel like if you watch something like labyrinth you can kind of see a lot of the same um obviously they don't look like the turtles but like the way the eyes are um situated in the puppets heads and the way that they kind of talk and also, a lot of the, like, camera tricks they use to sort of hide the seams yeah. for that stuff. Because, like, you have to be careful. You know, you, you need to see the turtles talking to each other. But you have to kind of try and smooth over the fact that they can't lip sync everything quite perfectly. In some cases, not well at all. No. But you sort of don't notice. Like, they do it in such a way that you just sort of, you know, it glosses over you. Especially when you're a kid. But, yeah, I never was like, oh, man, they, it, they're... Leonardo's talking, but his mouth isn't moving right. You know, it, it doesn't feel weird.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know if you know or, or found any research um, the whole coming out of their shells tour that happened. Oh yes, I,
0: <laughs> I was aware of it. I want to, I want to put a clip of that in here somewhere just so people can hear it because it is uh, the worst thing uh, well, ever. Well, it missed. was my
2: first concert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! So you should explain what it is.
2: Yeah, um, it's, so- it's
0: wild. So the
2: turtles were already popular before the movie, but the movie, you know, blew it up way more than it already was. And, uh, the literally the, the Jim Henson animatronics things that they used in the movie, uh, they took that and said, okay, let's do this live action. You know, not quite as much, but still pretty, pretty cool. And so they just slapped together an album of songs. Uh, they gave each turtle a different instrument instead of a weapon, and they put a little story to it with Shredder and April and, and the whole crew and went around the country just doing, doing this concert. I keep using finger quotes concert because songs, you know, they weren't good, but to a, to a nine-year-old, fantastic.
0: Right, and they're not. They're obviously they're not singing. They're not playing the instruments. It's you know pre-recorded. The songs themselves they have kind of a very. I guess uh, I mean it's the early '90s, so it's got a very like new kids on the block, yes, vibe to it. Hundred percent. So a lot of orchestra hits, uh, songs about how how tough they are, (laughs) uh, don't do drugs, etc.
2: And the uh, rock ballad "Skipping Stones" about skipping stones on the lake. That one. That's a big hit.
0: Is that what they tried to make it like emotional? That's where we yep. have the like. Yep, really that's the emotional
2: down. part yeah. of the of the show.
1: Standing at water looks like glass. The world blue is what I see. It's smooth and flat inside my head. As I set it free on standing.
0: That's a, I, I think I mentioned on the last episode, which was about Weird Al. That was my first concert, so you know neither of us were seeing the coolest people yeah. uh, for, for our first shows, but it's okay. Um, it, I really like kind of how the, the movie is well paced, yeah, and they do a good job at the beginning, kind of like it, you can tell that you're you know, like okay, we've got these like you know seven year old, eight year olds in the movie theater, they can't wait to see the turtles, and they actually hold back on. Letting you see them for, you know, a good like, I don't know, that maybe 10 minutes or something. Not, not that long, but long enough that, you know, they're willing to take their time. Like so when even when they like first come out and kick a bunch of, of ass, you don't really see them. It's like it's just dark and you hear sound effects and stuff and then they're gone.
2: Yeah. And then you see just a little bit of Raphael's face, but it's mostly in shadows, so you don't see much of that. And then you see all four of the turtles, but only their shadows against the sewer wall. Like, the cinematography and the direction, I mean, looking back even now in my 40s, I think, like, this is good storytelling.
0: Yeah, I do think the cinematic language of it is actually pretty on point. And they, like I sort of said before, I think it's really necessary when you're working with, you've got five of your main characters are puppets because you have to shoot them very, very carefully um, to make them look natural, to, again, hide the seams. Uh, And I imagine they had to do a lot in terms of being careful with the shooting because I know this was a thing for the second movie, but it must have been for the first as well. But those suits are very heavy and they're, like, latex and they're hot and they don't breathe. So, like, uh, some of the actors I know got uh, very sick or, or almost died from just, you know, being overheated in them. Yeah. So um,
2: yeah, they uh, according, according to what I, I found they were 70 pounds to, you know, put on and like it took forever to put them on. There's no ventilation. It felt very claustrophobic and then, you know, move like this, do like this. You know, okay, take two, do it again and then they would just like take them off so that they could breathe and like it apparently was pretty pretty cumbersome
0: but worth it worth it in the end if you you know you suffer for your art right i
2: i, I mean i think it's what we're still talking about this you know movie for kids 40 years
0: later yeah I, I mean i still don't think there's been a better turtles movie than this one no um you know in any iteration there's there was like a few animated ones that were like decent but this really um despite the fact that it doesn't have a lot of the things that like i, I would have wanted it to have I, i'm still sort of waiting for someone to try and like do a live action version of the 87 cartoon. Um, I'm sure I'll still be waiting for a very long time. Um, but having this movie uh, certainly scratches the itch. It almost feels like it's, you know, it's Turtles Begin, right? This is the, yeah. the beginning of their journey. I think they even say something like that after they, they first, like, you know, defeat all these goons who are robbing April O'Neil's van. They say something like it was their first night out.
2: We just fought our first battle, Master Splinter.
0: Yeah. Yep. Their first one, uh, which is interesting, like because they are, you know, they they do still appear to be extremely skilled and know what they're doing most of the time. Yeah. So they they must Splinter taught them well. Um, what did you think of the different origin story for Splinter versus the cartoon?
2: I remember definitely um, noticing it as a kid and being like, "Wait a second, uh, you know, Splinter was a man," uh, but uh, you know, looking back now. <laughs> i love i i love the movie for its differences and i think that they when they subverted expectations and go this is not this version of turtles you know we're going to take this our own way and i i, I mean little Splinter's just the cutest little thing when he scratches uh hamato or uh, uh, uh saki you know oroku, like, saki. oroku saki like it, it like that visual of the face and seeing it there like i don't know i, I liked it a lot what did you think of it
0: it was interesting i i was trying to figure out like well does it make any sense that, you know, he would be good at martial arts if he, you know, if he just watched this before he mutated? Like, why would he have the intelligence to understand this? But ultimately, it's like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's, it's a <laughs> movie and it's cool and it's the turtles, right? It's like anytime you try to apply too much logic to it, you know, you just have to sort of go, what am I doing? It's the Ninja Turtles. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah um, Wait, could this so rat it, have actually...
0: Emotionally Yeah. It yeah. It's like... You know, no, it's an absurd premise by design. You know, so, uh, but em- em- emotionally, the beats work, right? Yeah. You know, like, I, I buy Splinter. I think here he is much more like seemingly like frail, and uh, you know, compared to his cartoon counterpart, who's a little more robust. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, it works. I mean, obviously, he's going to end up being the the MacGuffin in the movie because they have to go rescue him. Yep. So it makes sense for him to not be as uh you know as virile. Uh, as as his other version, um, I did like the uh, the baby turtles. That's a, that's always a fun bit. Pizza, mm-hmm.
1: pizza, uh,
0: yeah.
1: For fifteen years now, we have lived here. Before that time, I was a pet of my master Yoshi, mimicking his movements from my cage and learning the secret art of ninja. When we were forced to come to New York, I found myself for the first time without a home, wandering the sewers, scavenging for whatever I could find. And then, one day, I came upon a shattered glass jar and four baby turtles. That was us. (laughs) Shut up. Oh, no. The little ones were crawling into a strange glowing ooze from a broken canister nearby. I gathered them up in an old coffee can. And when I awoke the next morning, I received a shock, for they had doubled in size. I, too, was growing, particularly in intellect. I was amazed at how intelligent they seemed. But nothing could have prepared me for what happened next. One of them spoke. Pizza! Pizza! More words followed, and I began their training, teaching them all that I had learned from my master. Um,
0: and, And another smart thing in the way the movie is paced is they could have made that a prologue. But instead, they kind of actually have two big flashbacks throughout the movie to kind of dole out uh, that backstory. And that can be tricky um, when when you structure a movie that way, because sometimes it's like when you do a flashback, you're kind of delaying things we should already know as an audience. And it's like the movie would work better if we knew this 45 minutes ago uh, than you you waiting to tell us now. Or the flashback is so obvious that it's like, well, now you're just wasting. I already figured all this out by the time you're. Telling this to me, so flashbacks can be very, very tricky. I think here they're well done, even though you know, obviously the audience knows the turtle story. There's, I can't imagine anyone walking into a theater going, "Now, what is this fuss <laughs> about these uh, the acrobatic turtles?" You know, everyone knows the the story. Are they
2: equestrians? What's their deal? I don't understand. I don't...
0: yeah, um, they they, I think they are very artfully done with like they're kind of the black background and. Um, they're they're sort of meta. You have the turtles kind of breaking the fourth wall as the story is being told.
2: Yeah. Again, visually, they just they go, okay, we're on a flashback. We're going to make this look very different. Um, it's a nice – I think it's a nice little variety.
0: How do you feel about Casey Jones in the movie?
2: Oh, uh, I, I and I don't know if this is how to pronounce it. Elias Cotius, I think, possibly, is
0: – Yeah, almost Christopher Melanie is uh, – yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I loved him. You know, he was uh, definitely different than cartoon Casey uh, by a lot, but that was fine. by yeah. me. I, I find him the much more interesting version of Casey Jones.
0: I agree because I this was not a character like the turtles have a pretty deep bench in terms of like both like heroes and villains. Um, there's a lot, a lot of side characters. And I know that's probably because they were trying to sell more toys. It's like here, here, kids, here's the Rat King. Here's, you know, here's that metal turtle or whatever. I forget what he was Mecha, called.
2: Mecha turtle. Um, yeah.
0: Mecha turtle. Yeah. Um, so seeing him show up here was kind of like, oh, we, we've already got the four turtles and April and Splinter. Do we need another protagonist? Um, but he does. I think he works. Um, I think he you need, I think, that human element to be sort of like the, that response. Right. Like, what the fuck is going on here? What am I looking at? You know? Yeah um to be the audience surrogate. And I think he works as an audience surrogate because he's more um he seems kind of more disbelieving of what's going on. April's more the, the investigative journalist who's just like, all right, once she gets over her initial surprise, she's like, I'm in. You know, I'm just part of the team. Yeah. Essentially.
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I think that scene between, you know, Casey Jones and Raphael when he's introduced is, you know, it's, it's funny, it's clever, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a fight scene, but not really, you know, I still, I had no idea what cricket or crumpets were. I just kept repeating, <laughs> but I would repeat that line, you know, over and over and over.
1: What the hell was that? I don't know. Well, that was a crime, you curse scrubbing pukes. And this is uh, the penalty. Ugh! Two minutes for slashing, two minutes for hooking. And lest not forget my personal favorite, two minutes for high stick. How about a five-minute game misconduct for roughing, pal? Hey, bogey, now who died and made you referee? You did your job, now get out of here and let me do mine. These JV lowlifes need to be taught a lesson. Not like that they don't. Not from you. Well... It looks like you're the one who needs to be taught a lesson, pal. Class is paying 101. Your instructor's Casey Jones. Look, I don't want to fight you. Well, tough rocks, pal. A Jose Canseco bat? Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Ooh, that's sick. Stupid one sale, pal. Hey, what are you, some sort of punker? Huh? God, I hate punkers, especially bald ones with green makeup. We wear masks over ugly faces. No better, the right one. <laughs> Whoa, we're <laughs> Home run! Rafael wins, one nothing.
2: <laughs> and then when he says later like and he sees Raphael on the roof getting his ass kicked and he goes hey you messing with that friend of mine and you're like oh they're
0: friends mm. yeah well again the, the relationships here are mostly between Raphael and other characters it's Raphael and Casey Jones Raphael and Splinter Raphael and Leonardo yeah and everybody else is sort of along for the ride which is okay I think you it, it works for this movie to try and pick one of them to focus on just a little bit more than the others, I think it would be a harder story to tell if you're trying to send all the turtles off in different directions. That might make more sense for a sequel, perhaps. But I think here it works to make Raphael the the main guy.
2: And I kind of like that. You know, Michelangelo and Donatello are you know they're 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 just fun. You know, they're the ones who are dancing. They're the ones who are watching the tortoise and the hare. You know, they they're you know they do the fight scenes and everything. But
0: mostly they're well, they there also do just... impressions. What's that? They also do impressions.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do impressions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, they're there just to be fun. You know, they don't need to have a
1: character arc. <laughs> uh, yo, uh, well, uh, maybe I'll fight Apollo, and well, uh, maybe I won't, you know? Uh, what do you think? Adrian! <laughs> hey, I got another one. Oh, this is totally cool. Okay. Not Cagney. <laughs> hmm you dirty rat, you killed my brother, you dirty rat Mm. mmm (laughs) woohoo
0: that must be Splinter's favorite (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. it was a joke (laughs) (laughs) if you're not going to give Donnie the, you know, being the cue of the group Right. There's no turtle van. There's none of that tech stuff. Yeah. Um, the most they do is they have him kind of help Casey Jones fix a, uh, an old car. Yep. Or something. Uh, but uh, I do think, yeah, it it's worth sacrificing them to being kind of pure comic relief to have the balance of the story that you have with Raph and, and Leo.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I was oh, yeah, gonna go. say uh you know the one the one actor who wasn't famous at the time who became famous in this movie that not a lot of people probably know was one of his first was uh was uh, uh I always forget his name, Sam Rockwell. Oh
0: that's right, yeah. He's who is he in this movie?
2: He's the teenager who's like kind of the head teenager of the Foot Clan teenager recruitment thing
0: and that's an interesting change from the comics is well or the at least the cartoon because in the cartoon the foot clan are all robots which yeah. gives them license for to have the turtles you know whack their heads off with weaponry uh as opposed to having real human beings bleeding to death from a side of the throat um but yeah having shredder basically sort of be fagin in a version of oliver twist where you know all of these uh you know new york orphans are just pickpocketing for him (laughs) it's an interesting uh twist i i I wish there was a little more spent on like what is shredder's grand plan exactly like he's clearly building an army but we don't really know to what end
2: yeah and i i feel like that's what a huge opportunity they missed in the sequel of like they could have made a real story and gone into that more uh at that because it was a fun little mystery of like what is this going on
0: yeah why is he here what is what is he doing you know it's, there isn't like a big heist at the end or something where he's like i'm going to steal the mystical whatever you know he doesn't yeah. do that like he's it's just like he, he's got this criminal operation and then the turtles become you know a pebble pebbling issue so then the movie becomes let's let's go get the turtles yeah um i i you know you're right i think that would have been a good angle for the sequel like again maybe that would have been the time to bring in dimension x you know like, he's doing this because ultimately he's in service of krang yeah um or or something like that Um. which yeah they never got there and i'm not sure why i don't know i I would have to do more research on secret of the use to know you know why they did was that uh, you know did they consider that and then pull their punches or was it just they, they? just decided no. That's just not a direction we want to go in. I'm I'm not sure.
2: From what I understand, once Hollywood saw that this movie with a 13 million dollar budget made 135 in the U S. alone, that they said we'll take this and we'll do whatever we want to with it now. And they made it even more for kids, you know. So they they dumbed down the violence. They put in a rap song, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't think uh, alien uh, overlords were any anything on their mind at the time.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's like you, you, the calculation is sort of odd. It's like, well, we're going to make this movie for the fans, but not do the thing that's in the show they watch. You know, it's weird.
2: I don't get Hollywood, but I mean, they haven't made a, a good yeah. video game adaptation movie yet, as far as I'm concerned.
0: No, there, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a case to be made maybe for that, like first Sonic movie because it's, you know, it's competent, uh, it's fun, uh, and uh, you know, they, they, I think those have turned out way better than expected. Probably because they didn't really directly adapt the games. They just said, "Well, we'll just have these characters run around in the real world." But yeah. video game adaptation movies, yeah, that's a whole other ball of wax because, yeah, they are mo- by and large uh, C plus at best. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not sure why. Like, they, you know, it's like you you adapted Legos into a movie and nailed it. <laughs> like yeah. you can. It can't. Someone can do this. There, you can't tell me that there isn't a screenwriter smart enough to pull that off somehow.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why Hollywood has such a bad track record with uh, giving fan service for their stuff. I don't, it didn't make any sense yeah. to me. Uh,
0: I really like this version of April, kind of to get back to, to this sure. movie. Uh, you know, she's she doesn't look like her cartoon counterpart, except for, I guess, the beginning. They put her in something kind of yellow. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, personality, and, you know, she's spunky. She's you know she's tough, she tries to hold her own against these uh, you know uh, street kids and stuff. Uh, I think they do a really good job of making her not a damsel. In fact, she's not really the damsel, right? She never gets kidnapped or anything. It's splinter they kidnap. yeah. She, I think she holds her own really well, especially given the fact that she's got to do most of her acting up against four dudes in rubber suits.
2: Oh yeah, I think Judith Hoag nailed the role and you know, you want to talk about like a strong female character, you know, she's not super powered, she doesn't she doesn't even know how to fight, but she, one of her first scenes, she delivers this, you know, really poignant news story and then first thing she goes and goes toe to toe with the chief of New York police right in his office. You know, then she doesn't back down when her boss tries to put pressure on her, she fights back when the ninjas try and Snab her purse and even when she's surrounded by the turtles, she's still like all right she's still trying to be in control i mean i think she's i i think it her performance had to be the one to kind of connect it all or else it wouldn't it wouldn't have made any sense
0: yeah she really is kind of an anchor for <laughs> to pardon the pun but i mean she is an anchor for the movie yeah um, she she really helps kind of Again, she—I still don't know if she's necessarily our point of view character, although they sort of treat her that way. Um, she, she is, like I said, pretty on board with the turtles from from the first minute after that initial surprise. But, uh, like you said, yeah, they made her character really strong, really tough, uh, just like she is in the cartoon, and it, it brings kind of this nice kind of grace note to the whole movie because otherwise, yeah, you would just have. The, the turtle's just sort of yakking it up. I mean, you could envision a movie, the movie without her. There is a way to structure the plot where she's not in it. Sure. But I think she is, you know, whether or not she's integral to the plot, she's definitely integral to kind of the tone. And uh, the performance reminds me a lot of uh, another spunky female reporter. Uh, I think she's a lot like Margot Kidder in Superman. Where yeah. She's very similar to Lois Lane.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. That's a great. That's a great comparison.
0: I'm sure that's not accidental I mean I'm sure that you know when when they created that character they said oh yeah let's make a Lois Lane just like they were kind of making a version of everything else to put in the turtles Yeah. Um, but I, I mean I do think she is you know distinct enough here um, but she it, they definitely share DNA
2: yeah 100% yeah and and that's one thing that's always been great about Lois is that she isn't just the damsel in distress she's also she's pretty tough son of a bitch herself
0: yeah yeah I think if if she was a damsel, it wouldn't work. It would be, you know, you could envision a version where where she's just, you know, this kind of scream queen, you know, getting kidnapped and getting rescued and stuff. And it would lose some of its Jews. I think it, it it's way more fun to have that character be able to hold her own. Yeah. Uh, I was actually really impressed watching this with the fight choreography. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean it holds up. I mean, they hold up as like, you know, exciting fight scenes. Yeah. But then you add on the challenge of, you know, these, these poor guys in the suits having to do it. And like, like you said, it weighs 70 pounds, but they'll like jump kick somebody. I couldn't that imagine would... trying to jump with 70 pounds on me.
2: No, I couldn't even, no, not even a little bit. That would, I would break every bone, but, uh, I mean, that was golden harvest. That was the reason why the fight worked is because, you know, the first people to get in on this movie were like, they'd done so many Kung Fu movies and so they had the people who – they had the talent who could, you know, rise to the challenge.
0: It shows. I mean, uh, you know, that – I think, you know, the, they they are – these are four things. They are teenagers, they are mutants, they are ninjas, and they are turtles. <laughs> and we've kind of talked about – you know, we haven't ticked all of them yet. We've talked about them being, uh, you know, turtles and the, and the puppetry. The ninjutsu is obviously an integral part of who they are. Sure. And if it wasn't – like, I think some of the later ones – you know, it's, it's weaker because, like you said, in the second one, they, they all have their signature weapons, but they don't really use them. Because yeah. I think parents groups were like, oh, we don't want to see someone getting hit in the face with a nunchuck. So, OK, Michelangelo has his nunchucks, but he's going to just punch instead. Yeah. Um, and it loses a lot. You know, yeah. like you need them to be doing their, you know, their. I mean, that's who they are. That's what they do is they use these weapons. Um, and it, it looks really good. Like, it looks authentic.
2: Yeah, and you know the little tricks like when they spin Michelangelo, you know, spin that wheel and and he hits a bunch of them and and when they like duck the head under to dodge the the axe. It's like I love being a turtle. Like I love that they played with the turtleisms. It wasn't just straight up fight. It's like, no, how would turtles fight and how can we use these, you know, suits to really showcase what the tur- what makes them turtles and not just ninjas.
0: And it uh, and it definitely evokes uh, for me the the cartoon as well, because that's yeah. like the cartoon is full of that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of them like, you know, basically break dancing on their shells on the ground and like, you know, kicking people that way. And um, y- yeah, using their turtleness to, to their advantage. Um, yeah, I, I really just I, I thought the way they expressed that is very fluid. Like it's surprisingly, you know, it's not Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon l- levels of ballet, yeah, but it's as close as you can get with their, you know, ha- with how encumbered they are. Oh yeah, like it still looks good.
2: And as you said, they shot it cinematog the cinematography in such a way to where it hid the flaws and just showcased the parts that look good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have the name of the editor uh handy but man hats off to him or her because i no kidding right that to me that is the the secret sauce that does that makes all of that work so that when you know one of them throws a uh you know a punch or swings a sword or whatever they cut to a reverse angle that you know they, they're able to do all of the stuff that keeps everything moving fluidly even though they probably had to stop each take you know a million times to make sure that no one was getting hurt and that the people in the suits could breathe and yeah. you know, everything was where it was supposed to be. And, oh, we got to reset and do it over again. Oh, now it's all on fire. OK, we better do it while it's on fire.
2: And they were shooting a lot of this in North Carolina in the summer. So.
0: Right. So add humidity to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> My understanding is that set was that North Carolina studio was used for a lot of uh, famous productions. I I, I written them down at some point. I've forgotten which ones they were, but there's a lot of movies you would know were like filmed there.
2: Yeah, and the but the reason they got it was because it was going bankrupt and uh or the, the the people who owned it filed for bankruptcy and so I guess the state owned it at the time and they were just looking to get any production in there. So like when the turtles came they were like, "Yes, take whatever you need. Take it all."
0: So they got it for cheap.
2: Yeah, which they needed. Can I tell you some uh some silly stuff that uh from the movie that I I just think is kind of interesting?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Go
2: uh in the movie they order pizza from domino's but yes the promotional of the movie like all like the turtle stuff that you could buy was all pizza hut what's up with that i don't know
0: so so they wow that must have been weird for them whoever like okayed that was like they they weren't aware that that was in the movie because it's got to be such a burn of you know they they probably had like a screening for all the pizza hut people
2: the guy's wearing a Domino's hat, a Domino's shirt, and the pizza box is perfectly framed with the Domino's logo. It's like not hidden at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see that red and blue. You know exactly what that is.
2: Yeah. 100%. Oh, man. Yeah, that was just well, something.
0: They got, uh, you know, hmm? they got themselves into ET, so I guess they did okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a there's a couple of movie references in there. Uh, you mentioned Ghostbusters earlier in the end of April's opening monologue uh, talking about all the crime. She goes, and all this crime is happening. Who are you going to call? And it's like a direct yeah. call out to Ghostbusters is great.
0: I feel like there's a few other things in there and I, I, I wish I had written them down, but there are definitely like nods to other properties. Uh, you know just not not necessarily subtle but like the again showing the movie is very self-aware yeah um you know for for as like as much as they try to be a, pretty much a straight putt um in terms of you know tone they they will throw those things in there um it's interesting they do this thing where it's like okay the turtles were raised on TV you know by TV to a degree so they are doing impressions but like all the the impressions they're doing are like so out of date even for you know 1990. like isn't it uh, like what mikey's doing jimmy cagney
2: jimmy cagney yeah yeah
0: yeah what what kid like this kind of reminded me of like when i was a kid you know growing up in the 80s and you'd watch like looney tunes or something and there would be like oh okay we're this person is definitely doing um uh uh, edward g robinson or someone there's edward g robinson you hear um no the creepy guy from casablanca uh,
2: oh yeah yeah uh peter laurie peter laurie peter
0: Peter laurie is who i'm thinking of like, you would hear these impressions and stuff, and as a kid, you wouldn't know who they were, or, like, you'd hear Simpsons characters that were basically these impressions, and you'd have to sort of work your way back to go, like, oh, okay, he's doing this actor that he grew up on. That's who he's impersonating. It's just interesting to, like, put that in the into this movie and kind of go, like, is any kid going to recognize who these are? <laughs> is this for the parents? Like, Not at all. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a Jimmy Cagney movie. No, I'm not. I'm, uh, my That is that is my number one reference for
2: Jimmy Cagney is Michelangelo's
0: impersonation of him. <laughs> him going, you dirty rat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so there are three times in the movie where someone says, damn. And I got to tell you, as a nine-year-old kid, you know, when everything for kids was super sanitized, to see this movie with a bunch of other kids... It's like one of, one of the first things you hear Raphael say, then you hear him yell it again after Casey Jones uh, and him fight, and then you hear uh, Michelangelo say, Ninja kick the damn rabbit when he's watching Tortoise in the Hare. There are three dams in a movie for kids in 1990, and I, ne- I just remember feeling so adult and liberated that my <laughs> heroes, the things I love, were cursing at me.
0: I mean it definitely feels more adult when you watch it and that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about a little bit about the tone of this you know gritty ugly New York. This version of New York is much more the like Scorsese version of New yeah. York especially compared to the cartoon which like they live in the sewer in the cartoon stu- you know just like in here. But this looks like they actually live in a sewer. It's yeah, not right. you know it's not this sanitized well lit space that's just like couches and and you know um, Donatello's tinkerings yeah you know it's um it it, and that made it feel adult too like oh this is a danger like people get mugged in this version of new york this is you know scary uh you know you could be walking down the street as this, you know as april is and just like dudes will just jump you or grab your purse and stuff like it's you know uh it it made it feel alive and kind of like oh yeah the turtles are real heroes they're going to step in and save people from this stuff
2: and that's when I think, and there's you know plenty of other movies we can talk about whether it's New York or LA or other cities where it feels like the city is a character that's very necessary to the, the narrative of like th- this story took place in this New York and that's what made this story work.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because there is that part about three quarters of the way through the movie where they retreat to the farm, and it, I know that's a, a bit from the comics but there's definitely that feeling of like, it it feels less turtley. Yeah. You know, like it 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 feels odd that they're in the countryside, you know, that just, that just does not feel like a turtle environment. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, you're right. Like that, the city of New York is, you know, I mean, as it is a character for many superheroes and other movies, like it definitely, you know, flavors everything, but because they are, you know, again, they, they are sewer dwellers. Um, you go back to all those myths about alligators in the sewers of New York and stuff, and they, they really seamlessly kind of fit into that narrative. They're, they're an urban legend. Uh, yeah. and we cool. I wish the film had a little more of that because, like, the turtles, like you said, this is their first time out, so no one knows who they are. I think it would have been cool if at the beginning, you know, the, there was stuff about, you know, oh, there was another sighting of the Manhattan turtle. You know, no, no one got a good picture of it. You know, that if that was a thing. Like, Hellboy does that, for example. Yeah, you know, where there's like, you know, blurry photographs of Hellboy and tabloid newspapers and stuff. Um, I think that would have fit right in here. I think that would have been a, a nice addition.
2: Yeah, that would have been fun. Like a conspiracy theorist like,
0: no, really, there's turtles, man. Yeah, I think uh, actually come to think of it, we would mentioned Sonic before. That is a thing in this first Sonic movie that there's like a dude who like believes he's seen him. Mm. It's the blue devil running around the city. Like, I think that. Uh, and of course, if you have a conspiracy theorist in a movie, they have to be proven right sure. uh, by the end of it. Um, but i I think uh, you know, I think that would have been fun. Um, I, but the, the movie finds it doesn't need to tell all these kind of like those jokes work in like Spider Man. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of that stuff in Spider Man, and you know, here it's like we're we're going to focus on the the turtles are funny because they're why we don't need to make jokes about them. They're gonna just tell jokes like they're going to be the comedy yeah. uh, delivery machine yeah. just by talking, and I, they nailed that for me. Like I, their characters are different from their comic book counterparts to a degree. Uh, I mean, Leo's still kind of the you know the boring one uh, <laughs> as the leader, as he has to be because he's sure. the responsible one. Sure. Michelangelo's the party dude. Raphael is cool but rude um, in their own way, like that's unique to this movie. They're not just, you know, they, I mean, they could have gone out and gotten the voice actors for the cartoons. They did. They did their own thing. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, like, these iterations of the Turtles and their personalities? Yeah,
2: you know, I mean, I think, honestly, they're my favorite of, of all the versions. Uh, probably just because when it hit me, but, you know, it, this movie, uh, of all the movies, you know, in my life, I'd say it's if it's not the number one most movie that impacted me I, I can't I couldn't think of what is and so like I, I'm gonna gravitate towards this version of Casey this version of April this version of the turtles more than the others uh, and I I just still think it's such a good movie that holds up and I I will defend it I've you know whether I'm at a party or whatever if someone calls it oh that old movie that was kind of I'm like I will talk about how great I think this is all fucking day. Uh, how do
0: you well kind of to bring this sort of towards the end it, to me the the focus of this podcast has always been like you know why do we still care about this thing yeah you know decades later um i mean the turtles have never really gone away they've been rebooted and redone yeah uh, both you know on tv and in, you know there've been video games and there've been you know all these other versions we've, we've kind of touched on here and there sure um I, so the turtles definitely have this kind of timeless universal appeal um but why do you think, you know, I think if most people are going to say, yeah, if you want to watch a Turtles movie, though, people will still go back to this one. They won't go to the others so much. Um, why? What is it you think that makes this movie the the kind of like enduring thing it is?
2: The second best Turtles movie that I've seen is the 2000, I believe 7 movie TMNT, which was an animated movie, you know, and involved like gods and aliens and, and that kind of stuff. And it's good and I like it, but it It doesn't feel like a movie, it feels like a cartoon, like a cartoon movie. This feels like a movie. To me, like the original Batman does this as well. Uh, Blade, maybe a little less so, but this feels like, factor out comic book or anything, this is a story. About brothers who love each other, who lost a father—you know, one's got anger issues. You know, you've got all these interplays. It's just like it's a good story. It's a good movie. And uh, as I think Katzenberg or, or Brad Bird or one of those Pixar guys said, if you tell a good story, it, it will be timeless.
0: I I think that's right, and I think you know, the turtles themselves, like just the property, not the entire fran- the entire franchise. I mean, um there are certain things about it that like, yes, they are intrinsically cool and they are, you know, I mean, cause they, they fight bad guys. They have a cool rogues gallery. They eat pizza. You know, they're, they're just quippy and funny. Um, and there's like, you know, they, they work for a group of kids cause I can imagine being on the playground and you know, everyone goes like, okay, well I'm going to be Raph. Okay. Then you're going to be Donatello. And, you know, you divide them up and whoever likes the, which one the best. Like it's definitely, um, engineered for kids to like yeah they've they've cracked that um but when it comes to this particular movie there's something about the way they delivered it that as you said sort of the way you know i think everyone's going to come to the turtles as a kid not as an adult yeah even even now so when it's time to watch a turtles movie Whoever is going to be the one in control of, you know, the, the remote control, they're going to say, if you want to watch a Turtles movie, watch this one. Yeah. And not because, you know, whether it looks a little dated because of the the way it's done with practical effects or the you know, cinematography or whatever. There's something about the spirit of this movie that perfectly channels the essence of like what the Turtles are. You know, To I me, agree. that's what makes it work it's like you're you know if you want to you know if you want to be delivered like here is a concise thesis statement on what the teenage mutant ninja turtles are yeah you can't do any better than this movie
2: and like any good movie or album or anything you know it takes a village and you know it it wouldn't have been the same with different actors it wouldn't have been the same with different production companies it wouldn't have been the same without jim henson who i mean i'd say gets the mvp uh of anyone for, for all his work and you know so many people championed it and you know they, they had an original writer and then a different writer and, and all this kind of stuff went through and it just by the end of it everything clicked together in place and you know they they
0: knocked a home run i i think that's a great place to bring this to a close man i think that is uh that's exactly what they did uh so rich uh, anything you want to plug where can people find you
2: Oh, sure. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Rich Baker Actor, or if you're specifically interested in my improv teaching, at Rich Baker Coaching. Uh, If anyone's looking for uh, some uh, team building for their corporations or entertainment, find me at PlayLikeATeam.com.
0: And if you like this podcast, of course, uh, do all the liking, rating, subscribing uh, re- leaving reviews at iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you want to find it. That is very helpful. I did say on the previous episode that we were going to be doing an episode on Goonies, which we still plan on doing. We had a- had to do a little bit of a reshuffling uh, with people's availability. So hopefully Goonies is next up in the lineup. If it's not, I got some other cool stuff that I want to talk about. So uh, don't worry. Uh, but if you have feedback, please tweet it for as long as Twitter is still alive <laughs> to uh, at nostalgiumpod dot uh, or not dot com, at nostalgia pod that's our twitter ha- Twitter handle we're also on Instagram so you can find us there and uh, yeah if uh, if Elon Musk uh, just drives the thing into the ground we'll find somewhere else to put this so uh, until then I think we can uh, say that is one more entry in the nostalgia arcanum turtle power Galvanga.
1: we were awesome bodacious yeah. <laughs> the chip. Yeah. Uh gnarly <laughs> radical. <laughs> yeah! Totally um, um, out to um, of uh, uh, wicked delicious oh, uh, <laughs> um, Mega. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, I have always liked Kawabanga. Hmm? Huh? Kawabanga! <laughs> I made a money! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>